Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, it's the cold, dark part of winter. And it can really start to feel like every day is, well, kind of the same. A mindless routine just to get to the weekend. On today's show, however, we're talking about living on purpose. Being deliberate with what we do so we can make a difference in the lives of others. That's up next after the news. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. After hearing Vice President Joe Biden's recommendations to reduce gun violence, the Obama administration is now considering 19 executive orders, orders, excuse me, sources say include assault weapons ban, a ban on high-capacity magazines. President Obama will announce his final proposals tomorrow. New York state lawmakers are debating final considerations on what could become the nation's toughest gun control laws, the first legislation and the first legislation to deal with the issue since the Newtown, Connecticut shooting last month. The widow of a victim of the Aurora, Colorado theater shooting is suing suspect James Holmes, former psychiatrist, on the grounds that he should have had Holmes placed in a mental health facility to protect the public from the rampage Holmes is accused of. Former Tour de France cyclist Lance Armstrong has reportedly admitted to using performance-enhancing drugs during his decorated career in an interview last night with Oprah Winfrey, which will air on her OWN network this Thursday and Friday. Author Dan Brown, who wrote bestsellers The Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons, has announced the main character of those novels will return in a new novel he is working on called Inferno. In world news, explosions rocked Aleppo University in Syria today, killing over 80 as the civil war continues to take more lives. Both rebel and government forces are blaming each other for the attack. A Swedish woman stole a four-car commuter train in Stockholm today early this morning and drove it at high speeds into a suburb. The train derailed and crashed into an apartment building. Luckily, no one was seriously hurt. French authorities say they will continue their mission to stop an Islamist rebellion in Mali until order is restored, despite threats from the militant leaders warning they will strike back at the heart of France. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program to give you a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. Welcome to the show. We're doing everything we can to help you through because, you know, it's not easy being human. And uh, most of us didn't get an owner's manual. We just got a lot of people in our lives to uh, show us the way, and some of us got some really bad ones that uh, have taken us on a ride. So we're going to give you some tools to get back on course, and today is the day. What a great topic we have for you today. Today we're talking about living on purpose, meaning, first of all, having a purpose in your life. If somebody came up and put a microphone in front of your face and said, "What's, what's your purpose in life? Do you know what you would say? Is it like, I just want to survive? And get through the day, like Skyboy says. Or would you have something more profound to say, like, I want to change the world? That's what we're talking about. Do you feel like you have purpose and passion? And are you intentionally living that purpose? That's what we're going to be talking about. We've got a great expert that's going to be uh, sharing some insight on how to do this. So if you know somebody in life that just maybe needs a little more purpose, grab them and put them right in front of the radio. 
because we're going to give them the tools they need. But before we do that, we like to do this funny thing we call the headlines. Real news that affects real people. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Human Headlines. This is where we explore the good, the bad, the ugly from the headlines, the news all around the world. We give everybody a chance here on the team to tell us about the human factor. Robbie, you up first? You know those stories you see all the time in the news of somebody waking up and finding a car in their living room? Yes. You mean like that's gone through the wall? <laughs> yeah. You know, the, yeah. the car wasn't supposed to be in the living room. How did that get there? You know, two o'clock in the morning, a drunk driver or somebody. Well, I thought those stories were exclusive maybe to the Western U.S. Right. Or, or, or maybe the United States or North America. You like know, we're the only ones the... driving into living rooms. Well, Europe has its own version of it. <laughs> Involves a train. Uh-uh. So this, <laughs> how do you drive a train into someone's where the tracks going through the house? I'm looking at the photo of it. I'm still not sure how she did this. Stockholm. Oh wow, this lady. She's probably about 22, 23, quite uh. young. Don't know if she was drunk or not. Somehow got the keys to a train. Oh, did trains have keys? Yeah, apparently <laughs> to keep people from stealing, stealing and them. drunk driving it. Because apparently they're really easy to steal. You once you get well, yeah. in, there's a, one lever and you. Slide yeah. it forward. And power on, power off. Off you go. I love Just like the, my old toy train. <laughs> well, the guy who works for the train agency, he says, yeah, it's, generally speaking, it's possible to steal a train, even if, even if you're not a train driver. I mean. Where do you, you hide a train? Yeah. <laughs> What good is it stealing it? Because you can't. You got to leave it on a track. Well, and you? it's not like stealing a car where you can. Yeah, you can hide it or yeah. or do some kind of high speed chase and avoid the police. I mean, once you take off with the train, it's um, where do you? They know where you're going. <laughs> you know how hard it is to park a train, by the way. Have you done it? Oh, <laughs> parallel parking a train is <laughs> so, so hard. This this woman took off, went about a mile. It must have been gotten up some decent yeah. speed because she got to the end of the track, Uh-oh. just blasted through it, and went another 30 yards uh, into a house. Oh. They say- uh, Did everyone survive? Uh, no one went, Well, she was injured on the train, but no one in the house was injured, at least not physically, <laughs> well, the sure. guy said. Emotionally, and, and you'll not, never sleep again. <laughs> well, yeah, as I say, not to make light of it, but you do feel bad for- yeah. You know, we all have things. When did this happen, by the way? Oh, this was probably because it wasn't the Polar week. Express, was it? No, although sure, that there sure is a lot Christmas. of snow. Maybe it helped the train slide farther when it went off the track. Did she get to honk the horn? Because to me, that's all I would. Re- that's where I'd go well, first. Well, it wasn't that cool of a train. It <laughs> oh. wasn't the big U.S. freight oh, rail. Yeah, burr, burr. Holy it's just cow. a little streetcar type thing, light rail. That takes the cake, I think. Uh, you steal a car, a train. I mean. Then you, I guess, crash a train into a house. That's cool. Guess what she was charged with? What? She was arrested on suspicion of endangering the public. Yeah. (laughs) Good suspicion. (laughs) She's like totally all in some bloody ball in the middle of the train. (laughs) Yeah. She's guilty. No suspicion there. Well, that's interesting. A little human trick. Jess, have you got one for us? Now, Jess, again, we just have to keep introducing you. <laughs> she likes to be called Jesse the Jackalope. Oh, Jackalope. Black. That's endearing. Thank you. Yeah. You know jackalopes are real. <laughs> or it's the Jackalope Hunter, right? Jackalope oh, Hunter. I like that a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a Jackalope? No, I don't. They're huge and they're real. Because I've seen it's a rabbit with a big rack on its head. It's a jack-o'-lantern that somebody cuts an elk out of the front of. 
or an no, antelope? No, it's not. It's a real. I need to see a picture. I'm getting. They're weird real. Images Some people don't think head. they're real because <laughs> you don't know what a jackalope is. I mean, Have you seen that Pixar short? Yeah, the bound, bound, bound. Okay. That's a jackalope. That's not that's big. He's nice and. <laughs> Jesse the jackalope. All right. You got something for us? Yes, except. This is also about a woman, so I hope we're not. We love women. <laughs> she was she was in a car though. Okay, harmless. Was she driving? Something? Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, what she driving do? in a car? Puts it. Um, she's picking her son up at a train station. Puts it in her GPS. Heads on to the road. Yeah, you gotta uh, get there. She's in Belgium, so this is Europe too. <laughs> What's with Europe? I don't know. Europe's just having a really hard day right now. Yeah, <laughs> tough day. Give them a little slack. You okay, know. So she's heading on the road. Um, she. Starts seeing different languages. She stops for the night. This 90-mile trip to the train station yeah. turns into 900 miles no in the wrong direction. Way. It's true. Because of GPS? Well, yeah, she just got distracted, <laughs> really. Speaking of a purpose in life, yeah. she's out of it. <laughs> Somebody needs to live on purpose, not their GPS. 900 yeah. miles? 900 yeah. miles. Two they, days. It was supposed to be 90 Yeah, 90 810 miles, miles off. <laughs> Yeah. Seven countries later. <laughs> really? $50 million she in gas. Up in Meanwhile, her son's sitting there at the train station going, Boy, mom sure mom is late. Was never yeah, late. He called the police on her. I think the oh, police found my her. Heavens. Anyways. See, when do you give up? <laughs> you know, when does really? when is it like, I think I need to turn around? <laughs> it was pretty, pretty sad for oh, her. Oh, that poor mom. She's, she's back a in cute home. Mom. They're going to keep her at home for a she, while. She should have stolen the train. <laughs> And it would have been a lot faster and cheaper. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Plus, she would have met him at the train station. Isn't that where she was headed? Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Steal so. a train next time, Mom. You'll get straight there. <laughs> the track will lead you right there. Good advice. I'm wow, people are messed show. up and on purpose. Or actually, they're off purpose. There's two examples of why you need to be on purpose. Tai Bo, my favorite exercise. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, so 900 miles is a long way. But um, I would say Mars is a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah. Mars, I'm pretty sure, is further. <laughs> yeah. It, it's over 9,000 miles. Something like that. <laughs> over that? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, it's going to take you a long time to get to Mars. In fact, I would say that if you went to Mars, you probably wouldn't be coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, or you may not be able to come back. Or maybe not even come, be able to come back exactly. Well, there's a uh, nonprofit organization called Mars One. And they're looking for people to be the first Mars colonists. Ooh. Uh, and so uh, they've started this. They started this last year, well, two years ago now, 2011. And um, they're looking for people who want to have a one-way ticket to Mars hmm. to colonize or colonize. Wow. And the way they're going to choose people is by having a reality TV show. Oh, that's the way to do it. No, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's so- just who you want on the ship. Exactly. It's what, a, what kind of a waiver do you have to sign to get on that show? I have no idea. There's a group of a group of applicants that want to do this. And this so, might not be a bad idea. This is where we send all those weirdos yeah. that are on those shows. Yeah, it's like Survivor. Mars. Sure, you get voted off the island first, but that means you're going in a spaceship. You know what? Bryce has something to say. He's licking his chops. I know he is. I just want you all to know that I signed up for this like a year and a half oh, ago. Sorry. No offense. So, no offense, man. So what I'm saying is this is probably the best thing that um, could happen. Imagine. For who? Well, for the planet Earth. Is to send me and all of the reality TV. I think it's heaven. Um, nut jobs. Yeah. How's that? that we call work? them Martians. Martians? <laughs> They're Martians now. Yeah. So you're going to go? Uh, totally. 
If they if they put you on the show to go, would you really let, sign up? I uh, would totally go. I wouldn't let you go. You wouldn't? Mm-hmm. But it's a one-way ticket, remember. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Planet Earth's cool and all, done me well, that's mm-hmm. great and all, but you know, I, I need a change of pace. All right. Well, that would be a change. <laughs> Wait till you land on Mars and there's nothing there. <laughs> nothing. Just dirt. Dirt no, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And old restaurants. You know, I'm and thinking pretty cold. I'm thinking sandcastles, right? That's just what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Take a bathing suit. All right. You want to be out in the sand. Well, so they're gonna do it. Bryce yeah. is on board. It's gonna happen. Great. Well, he's got about uh what is this? Ten, thirteen years ish to prepare. So the the colonists hey, are not gonna dude, leave until twenty twenty three. You'll be twenty five when you go. <laughs> Uh, I will. <laughs> That'll be huge. I'll be something like that. All I'm saying is, 13 years to prepare it. That works really, really well with my what procrastination schedule. What if you find somebody? Schedule. What if you find a, a a wife, a girlfriend? You marry her. You have babies. You still going? Yeah, totally. Yeah, but there's only room for four. You can't take your family with you. Yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> That's why he's gonna. Not I'm just saying, well, it's just always having an escape plan. Kids, and all of you have to win the contest, and then you're fine. See, you'd have to think or talk about on purpose. You would have to know the purpose of your life before you do this. The funny thing on, about those shows, purpose. nobody on those shows seems to have a life purpose. You know, I think that it would be interesting, though, in order to be able to have someone be successful there, you know, I think that they would probably have to do a lot of personality tests. You know, if they can only send four, yeah. you know, probably like... Two men, two women. Yeah. One of them would probably have to be, you know... A, a good cook. A, yeah, a good cook. Someone's got to have to be a doctor. What do you eat? Um, I've had astronaut food. It's really not that impressive. So <sighs> ramen noodles. Yeah. Yeah, but how many years of ramen do you think you'll get? And uh, what, if the, what if the rest of us give up on you like we have so many of these shows? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the, the Mars show could only go two seasons, so yeah, have sorry, fun, guys. You're just stuck See on ya. Mars now. We can't help you. Me and curiosity. Like, that would scare me. Well, if it's any comfort, every two years you're going to get a new group of people coming up. So eventually there'd be more people. Well, uh, you think, until we, we get bored with it. <laughs> until the show's boring. Look what's right? happened to American Idol. Uh, you know, I think that's a legitimate criticism. How many shows are ruined by season seven? Yeah. And so after twenty eight, you know, twenty eight people, twenty eight people, this, you'd be the president of Mars by then. Yes. Well, I think I think the show is just going to be for this first team. I don't think they're going to, you know, have I season think, one, season two, season no, three. I they're going to have to subsidize number it somehow. One, two, three, four. Oh, this is weird. Good luck, Bryce. You've got my vote. Thanks. You know what? We will use all of the power of BYU Broadcasting to get you nominated. Okay. Which will pretty much ensure. You don't get nominated. I was gonna my say, fear for you is nobody's going to want to send somebody to Mars like you. In a I good wouldn't way. send me to Mars, but I'm still want to Can you go. imagine the rants we would get from Mars? <laughs> no, hold on. Imagine six months in a spaceship with me. Yeah. Is that how long the ride is? See, you guys can deal with me because we only have to like deal with each other for like three yeah. hours, and then we don't see each other for another whole day. Weekends are heavenly. I don't think we should be negative about it, though, because I think it's we need to be positive and send you good energy. Okay. I could use it. Six months is a long time yeah. to be in space. Good luck in Mars. Thanks. You'll be great. They deserve the best. <laughs> I'm going to miss you. Interesting. Gosh, we're going to lose one, Rob. You better- uh, In get... 13 years. Oh, in 13 years. Okay. We got plenty of time. Whatever. Uh, good. Anybody else got a story? That's pretty messed up. And by the way, I appreciate Jess's uh, drawing- that was a beautiful drawing of Mars with a blonde apparent oh, I mean a woman with long flowing hair and Bryce. Wait, you don't you don't know and that, that's not me with the long hair. 
Okay. You don't uh, know that. Unless your name is Eve. No. The, this girl has been named Eve. No, currently not my name. Okay, Goodness. well, I'm pretty sure it's not you then. But I do it's, like uh, Bryce and Eve because Adam got disqualified on the first round That's of the right. TV show. Adam got booted. Booted <laughs> off. Who's uh, got the last bit of news for that us? That would be me. Medicine Madison. Yeah, so this is kind of an update on a story that was really big about 20 years ago. Whoa. Um, yeah, I know. Quite an update, right? So um, have you heard of the Katie Beers kidnapping? It was no. in 1993. Essentially, this girl from suburban New York, um, or just somewhere in New York, I guess, uh, was kidnapped from her family, and she was kept in a coffin-sized box for two weeks. Ooh. And I know, truly tragic. Yeah. And um, while she was gone, it actually surfaced that uh, it turns out that she was abused and neglected in her home. Oh. But um, on a sort of a lighter side, I guess you could say. Um, when they found her, because the guy that took her confessed, then um, she was able to be put into a foster, foster home. family. And she had four siblings, and the parents were just truly great. And the reason why some people don't probably remember it is because the parents were really protective over her, um, you know... The identity. Yes, exactly. And so to make sure that she didn't grow up in having that as her defining moment. So talk about pretty much a kid who, especially for the first, you know, 12 years of your life, yeah. going through all that and then being put into a new home, like those are pretty formative years. Absolutely. But she has made a wonderful What's life her name? for herself. Katie Beers. Katie Beers is the hero. That yeah. is huge. Hero of the day right there. Yep. She's just awesome. It's really Amazing. She is now 30 years old. She's married and a mother of two. And um, yeah, she actually says that it was the best thing that happened to her because it allowed her to escape a life of abuse. Oh. And so now she's uh, has a degree in business management and works in insurance sales. How cool is she? Yeah, I know. It's just like a wonderful story. Like she has a purpose in her life. That's the human you know, factor she's, right there. Exactly. Like instead of letting all that define her, yeah. she has found a purpose to live. And also now she has a um, a book out, Torment to Recovery, the Katie Beer story or something similar to that. And so That's huge. it's just, just, you know, her story is an, imp- an inspiration. Love it. And, um, Check that out. She can be that down and out and still find the light. Isn't that neat? Yeah. So, Bryce, there's hope, brother. There's hope. Don't even worry about it. There's hope. <laughs> you do not have to give up just because you want to go to Mars and you'll never make it. Hold, who said Mars is giving up? Maybe it's ambition. No, it's giving up. <laughs> it's giving up. I've, but, I've given up on the planet. Earth, but you don't but, have to because Katie teaches us there's always hope. Yeah, but, I mean, if she can do it, you can do it. Absolutely. Okay, that's it, my friends. That is the human news right there. We're going to take a break. We're going to get into this topic of living on purpose, and uh, we're going to come back. We've uh, sent a man out on the street. Our own Tyler Mail has gone out to ask people on the street, what's your purpose? If somebody put a microphone in front of your face, what would you say? When we be when we come back, we're going to find out what everyone's talking about right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A bright idea creates the blackest material known to science. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. 
Scientists at Purdue University recently created a new material that absorbs 99% of all light that hits it, making it the darkest black on Earth. Outside of closing your eyes in a coal mine, the darkest black paint today absorbs only about 85% of light that hits it, so the new material is called blacker than black. More scientifically called a hyperbolic metamaterial, the darkest black on Earth is not a paint, but a complex three-dimensional surface made of microscopic silver nanowires grown so they're standing on end. Something like a very dense hairbrush, but on an atomic scale of smallness. The random corrugated shape given to the top of this surface, combined with the spacing of the wires, can trap 99% of individual photons of light in a sort of maze, a maze from which they can't escape. The exotic material could have practical applications in all manner of light-related devices, from cameras and video screens, to high-efficiency solar heat collectors and even stealth technology. And we hear it looks very slimming. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Are there some global issues you wish you could know more about or could get an inside perspective on? Notes from the Kennedy Center presents lectures and seminars from international diplomats and scholars discussing issues and events from all over the world. Become a more informed global citizen and tune into Notes from the Kennedy Center weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. You got to live your life. T.I.'s even saying it in that wonderful song right there. We're talking about living on purpose, meaning you have a purpose and you're living it intentionally. You are intentionally choosing to become the change in the world that uh, you feel you need to become and bring to this great earth. We're uh, going to be having on Dr. Paul Jenkins in a bit. He's going to walk us through some uh, some ideas about how to live a life on purpose, how to find what your role in life is, and how to um, find your passion. He's got some great information. But before we do, we want to go to Tyler Mayle. Tyler Mayle's our intern, and uh, we call him Gus. We call him Biff. We call him a lot of things because we didn't know his name for about a month. Uh, and we always wondered who he was and why he would just hang out with us. Then we found out he's our intern. And now we've got him out on the road asking people questions. So, Tyler, welcome to the show, my friend. Hi. You took your mic out and you put it in people's faces and you asked what? Um, I wanted to know what they thought their purpose in life was personally. Interesting. D- interesting. Did they know? Uh, most of them uh, said uh and um there's lots of and and it it definitely took a few seconds for them to finally pull something out and in the middle of the uh and the um you get hit by a stray train driven by some lady who shouldn't be driving the train and then it's too late to find your purpose that's why you got to know what your purpose is so let's uh as life goes on you know we all wonder what our purpose in life is some people have had more time to think about it than others finding your purpose in life can be difficult luckily i got to talk to a couple people who seem to have it at least a little bit figured out I live in a constant state of fight or flight, and so life for me is kind of a reaction. You just got to see what's coming at you, not live in the past, not look towards the future, but actually kind of just like react to things, create your own circumstances. My purpose in life is purely for your own entertainment. (sighs) 
Where do I find these people? Okay, let's try this again. What is your purpose in life? I think that one of my purposes in life is to be able to see those who are kind of in pain and then be able to approach them and help them out as best as I can. Well, for me, I really feel like it's, in a way, it's finding my purpose in life. In all honesty, the purpose of life is to be happy. I think my purpose in life is to be happy and to have a family, discovering more about myself. If that's your purpose, then how does that affect what you do on a daily basis to achieve it? I just, I guess, stay aware. Uh, I stay aware of my surroundings. Mm -hmm. So usually I try to approach them and try to make their day happier. I try to find things that I can improve about myself. Fortunately, I have many (laughs) opportunities to do so every time I mess up. You know, fulfilling your potential, whether it be academically, in your family. How does that affect your character? How have you changed because you focus on this purpose? It's kind of twofold because a lot of times it helps me to realize that, you know, life isn't as bad as sometimes you try to make it. You realize that, you know, you can be more like Jesus Christ and trying to help those that he cares about. I see myself as a work in progress rather than like a fixed point. I think it opens up more opportunities to try things differently. I think it makes me happier. Now, these people were younger, and so they might not have had everything figured out for their entire lives. But they at least did have some sort of course that is going to help them achieve something greater in life than just sitting around wondering what their purpose in life is. Well done, Tyler Mel. So, any key learnings, any key takeaways, my friend? What did you learn about purpose? Um, well, I really liked what that one girl said when she said that our purpose in life is t- kind of to progress and to continually learn about yourself and to continually improve yourself. And so your purpose in life is really to learn, which is what one of the guys said. Yeah. That, I like that idea. Uh, some of us don't think that way. Some of us think it's not to learn. It's to avoid pain. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, I started out the clip with a couple of funny answers, and the guy said, I pretty much just react to everything uh everything is just reaction there's yeah. no purpose you don't need to know you just need to react to whatever what, what a, how do you live if there's no purpose in life um, how do you handle the death of a child if you have no purpose um well if you were bryce you'd probably just sit and eat a box of family size cheese it's good point true that hey you gotta cope somehow all right <laughs> everyone has their way can a guy My... not eat a box of cheese it's and I go just... into a cheese it coma without everyone coming that? down on it <laughs> But I think, you know, for those people, if they don't have a purpose, if they go through a trial like that, that is when they find their purpose for living. If you're looking for it, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, the interesting thing I think Dr. Jenkins is going to tell us when he comes on after this uh, next break is we've all probably got something there. There's something that motivates us and moves us. And boy, if we don't know it, life's going to probably either pass us by and we'll have regret or um, we'll just slowly maybe... Um, I guess, do whatever the world's telling us to do. There's got to be more to life than that, right? I mean, look at you. Look at all of you. Seriously, there has got to be more to life than even this. <laughs> <laughs> than what we're doing. Yeah. Sitting in a, in a padded room where nobody can see us. Isn't that interesting? See, I bet you you all like doing this because part of this is your purpose. Yeah, helping people, right? Yeah. Well, it's either this or cleaning campus bathrooms. <laughs> okay, that's a good way to look at it. Or going to Mars. Skyboy, what's your purpose? To board off the Matt Townsend show. 
Oh, Did you hear how like robotic <laughs> that sounded? Like I could hear his soul coming out of his mouth. As <laughs> he said. That just, like, was? just like, ah, it's gone. Yeah. Oh, it's gone. There goes there his goes. soul. Somebody opened the door and let his soul out. Interesting. That Next time, can you do that with, I don't know, a little excitement? Try it one more time with excitement. To board up the Matt Townsend show. Oh, I tried to push an explosion, <laughs> but the key is gone. <laughs> okay, see, if you were actually into your job, you would have made the key actually fire. <sighs> okay, well, I'm here. Before we're done, I'm going to make sure you all have a purpose. And if you don't, you're fired. That's your purpose. Good thing I work Keep for your free. job. Exactly. Good thing you're the intern. Well, that's good. That's why we all need Dr. Paul Jenkins. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Dr. Paul, they call him, is a positive psychologist, and he has a practice called Live on Purpose, as well as a podcast. We're going to be listening to him and pick his brain on how to figure out our purpose in life, how to share it with the rest of the world. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. There isn't a better way to listen to music than from a live concert. But let's be honest, no one can make it to a concert every night. So on Highway 89, we bring you music like you're actually there at the concert with front row seats. We aren't playing some doctored up recording and there are no do-overs. Instead, we bring raw music straight from our studio to you. Tune in weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern to Highway 89 on BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. After hearing Vice President Joe Biden's recommendations to reduce gun violence, the Obama administration is considering 19 executive orders, sources say, include an assault weapons ban, a ban on high-capacity magazines. President Obama will announce his final proposals tomorrow. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has signed into law the nation's first significant gun control measures since the Newtown, Colorado shoot, Connecticut shooting. Excuse me. It includes an expansion of assault weapons bans, bans on high-capacity magazines, and will keep, help keep firearms out of the hands of the mentally ill. The widow of a victim of the Aurora, Colorado theater shooting is suing suspect James Holmes' for, former psychiatrist on the grounds that he should have had Holmes placed in a mental health facility to protect the public from the rampage Holmes is accused of. Former Tour de France cyclist Lance Armstrong reportedly admitted to using performance-enhancing drugs during his decorated career in an interview last night with Oprah Winfrey. Armstrong agreed to the interview after a tense hearing with the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. Author Dan Brown, who wrote bestsellers The Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons, has announced the main character of those novels will return in his new novel called Inferno. World news. Explosions rocked Aleppo University in Syria today, killing over 80 as the civil war continues to take more lives. Both rebel and government forces are blaming each other for the attack. A Swedish woman stole a four-car commuter train in Stockholm early this morning and drove it at high speeds into a suburban area. The train derailed and crashed into an apartment building, but luckily no one was seriously hurt. French authorities say they will continue their mission to stop an Islamist rebellion in Mali until order is restored, despite threats from the militant leaders warning they will strike back at the heart of France. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. It's my life. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. A little Bon Jovi for you. It's my life. And uh, we're joined by Dr. Paul Jenkins. Dr. Paul is a positive psychologist, has a practice uh, here in Utah that he's called Live on Purpose. He uh, is a Ph.D. That's why we call him doctor, the good doctor. And uh, really, I know a lot of clients and people that work with him. He's legendary here in this part of the uh, what do we call this? I was going to say the I'm a legend area. now. He's a legend. Sweet. Dr. Paul, thanks for joining us. Great to be here, Matt. You, you also, uh, you've been called the shrink who expands your life. What does that mean? <laughs> that sounds painful. Well, that's that started years ago when I was doing a talk radio show, and my co-host called me that. Really? So, the shrink that expands Yeah, the you shrink. Life. And we get called shrink yeah. sometimes in the... In the business, and some people take offense by that. I've just embraced it and thought, well, you, yeah. But you don't want to be a shrink. You want to be an expander. An expander. Which is huge. My whole business is about saving and enriching key relationships. And you and I have that in common yeah. because we go around assisting people with their key relationships to create something better, something expanded, something that's enriched. Mm-hmm. So that they can have a better experience. Do you do you sense? Is it harder today? Do you think to live this expanded life? Harder than? I mean, it just seems like it's. There's so many things vying for our attention, grabbing at us. There seems like there's many more needs than right. maybe we used to have here on this crazy earth. And a lot of distractions yeah. that that pull people off target. In fact, the target's a pretty good way to look at this. Uh, well, let's let's back up a step from that. If you fire a gun, where is that bullet going to go? Yeah, I guess wherever you've aimed it. Wherever you've aimed it. What if you haven't aimed it? Oh, yeah. Then you get it's, shot in the foot. Well, it's still going somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. It's for sure. It's still happening. And this is true also of our our jobs, our families, our marriages, our oh, relationships. That's interesting, yeah. Where's it going to be in three, four, five, ten years? And isn't it true that it's going to be somewhere for sure? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not stopping. Right. So it's going to happen. And it's if we haven't directed it, aimed it, it's still going yeah. to be somewhere. It just may not be where you want it. Exactly. Or where it's healthiest or where it was best. And it's most likely to go wherever it's pointed. Mm-hmm. It, are you doing that intentionally? And that's what we call aiming. Yeah. Okay, so it can be intentional or it can be otherwise, but one way or another, that it's going somewhere. Yeah, that's a great metaphor. Um, in fact, so for all the listeners out there, are they aiming their life, and mm-hmm. are they the ones firing it, or is it just a stray bullet that hopefully exactly. will hit a target that hopefully is what you want? That seems right. pretty random. It's going to hit something. That's interesting. So, so living on purpose is all about aiming, and. If you're going to do that effectively, you want to know what you're going to aim for. So let's go back to the target idea now. Yeah. Your purpose would be at the center of the target. Yeah. I mean, ideally. I mean, my purpose at first would be to just kind of hit anywhere near the target. Yeah. That's how yeah. I traditionally aim. Around or yeah. by the target somewhere. Then once you can hit in mm-hmm. the target, I guess you kind of tighten it down to the center, I'm assuming. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there's actually... A stepwise way we could approach this to take a look at what's going on because there's so many people who are out there just haphazardly firing their life oh, yeah. in whatever direction it's going. Well, and even at each other. I well, mean, yeah. There's people that are going down because people aren't focused and aiming. and Exactly. Yeah. So let's start with four Ps. 
And these these four P's give a framework to where we're going to start to live okay. on purpose. So the first P is principle. Now, principles are natural laws. Natural laws are always on. And they always work. Regardless of whether you like a principle or not, yeah. gravity, for example, is on. So gravity is a great example. You never get up in the morning and wonder, huh, I wonder if gravity's on today. <laughs> Honey, would you check the gravity report? Yeah. It's Does, working no matter what. You can count on it. And yeah. It never disappoints you. Even if you don't like it. Exactly. It's still on. Yeah. So you jump off the top of a tall building. You're going to fall. Now, is that a for sure or a maybe? That's pretty sure. That's certain. Yeah, but what about those people, Matt, who are standing up there, and they're thinking, you know what, gravity, I just don't buy that. <laughs> I don't agree with that yeah. concept. I, those people who believe in it, they're all brainwashed. Yeah, they're so old-fashioned. And then they jump. Yeah, still operates. Yeah. Same That's what sp- I love about gravity. <laughs> same splat as the believers, right. right? Exactly. Except if you notice the believers don't jump. Yeah, they get it. Because they get the principle. And we could build on that. but the, So the principles determine outcomes to everything. So part of, I guess, being on purpose is, I guess, understanding uh, that, that, you're, that what governs, I guess, the results are the principles. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Whether you're aware of them or not. Yeah, whether you agree or whether you're well, – if, even if you're not aware, they still are what's operating. Right. That's huge. So – if you keep falling, you might want to check into gravity. Yeah, that might be just yeah. So if your aim, if you keep missing and you're falling and you're not getting what you want out of life, but but tell me, like, what's the result? How do you know if you're on purpose? Because you may not even you may think falling is your purpose. And if it happens enough, you might come to that conclusion. Yeah, it's easy to just say, yeah, I guess I'm a faller. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go to purpose. Actually, purpose is the third P. Okay. The second P is paradigm. Now, paradigm, Principle, paradigm, purpose. Paradigm is basically the way you see the world. Hmm. So how you interpret the world. And you'll see people going through life and they feel like the world is a terrible place. Yeah. Awful, terrible, no good, very bad. And there are other people who go through thinking, oh, this is awesome. This is so great. This is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I've been accused sometimes, Matt, of being Pollyanna-ish. Yeah. What does that even mean? I guess you're just some little girl in an old movie that they used to show. You remember the movie? <laughs> totally. So 1960, Disney Everything flick. was good. She was just Miss Positive. She was always looking for something to be glad about. Oh, that lady drove me crazy. And it just irritated people, too. Yeah. So as I've been accused of being Pollyanna-ish. That's the paradigm. I decided, you know what? I better... Uh, I better find out if that's a compliment or an insult. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and watched the movie again. So here's the context. Uh-huh. This girl, in the opening scenes of the movie, shows up on a train. She's maybe, I don't know, 11 years yeah. old. She's just been orphaned. Okay, 11 years old is old enough to know what's going on. Yeah. You're without your parents. She's without her parents. Okay, her parents are now deceased. She shows up in this town that she's not familiar with to live with her rich aunt who owns the town, and a whole bunch of grumpy people work for her. This is not an ideal situation. And yet this girl is going about playing what she called the glad game. She's Mm. doing it on purpose. Yeah, it's a choice. So Earl Nightingale mentioned this. You remember who he is? Yeah, yeah. One of the gurus of positive thinking. Right. And uh, he said that you look at anything that happens in your life and you say, that's good. 
Now, what happens normally? Normally, yeah. if if something happens that is painful, difficult, challenging, it's it's natural to say that's bad. Yeah, ugly. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Right. When you say that's bad, what's the next thing your mind does? I guess you look for more evidence it's bad. You, exactly. you remove yourself from it. Yeah, you're going to find 15 reasons why you're right about yeah. that. Yeah. And you know you're right. This and, is bad. Well, and then Here's you have these feelings that kind of reinforce it. Yeah. So you keep reinforcing it's bad. Yeah, a self-feeding cycle yeah. that happens there. Well, what if you have something difficult, painful, or challenging, and you say, that's good? Yeah, you'd probably start looking for evidence of good. Well, not yet. Yeah. Because first you got to fight on your hands. That's true. What do I want Don't here? you? Yeah. Here's this mental conflict. What? What could possibly be good about this? And it's not even a question. It's a statement disguised as a question. Right. Because what you're really saying is nothing could possibly be good yeah. about this. This is bad in all ways. Yeah. It's huge. So the trick there psychologically is to switch it back into a question. What? could possibly be good about this. So one way to get the paradigm right is to ask ourselves to turn it, instead of just the negative reactive tendency, to ter- ask a question about what could be good about such a What could such data. possibly be good about this? And that's what Pollyanna was doing. Okay, she was looking at this as an opportunity to search the situation and find or create what's good about this. That's great. What a lesson. Powerful stuff. But we dismiss it like, oh, that's just so... Pollyanna. Why can't you be more negative like the rest of us are, the rest of us educated folk? Right, and it's a choice, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, an 11-year-old's making the choice right then. What better thing to teach? So, So steering our mind in that direction. Now, these are prerequisites, actually, to living on purpose. Hmm. As long as you're stuck in a negative mindset, I call it the victim mentality. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not talking about a victim of crime or a victim of abuse. I'm talking about a victim way of seeing the world. Like life has hurt me. Life is impacting me. I have no choice. Yeah, yeah. I'm reactive. I have to react to this. And it's a blaming mentality. Mm -hmm. It's not my fault. Yeah. And then you're going to find some favorite target of blame. And you hear this all the time. People blame the economy. Oh, yeah. They blame the institution. They blame their parents. Yeah, politics. We blame everything but our mm-hmm. own choices, our own reactions even. I mean, we even the choices, we might not have great choices between, like, that's what we learned about the the, the Jews that were in the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And they're in Auschwitz mm-hmm. and Viktor Frankl's stuff, Man's Search for Meaning. And you can't choose yeah. everything, but you can choose how you respond to this set of circumstances. He called it the last of human freedoms. Yeah. To choose your attitude in any given set of circumstances. Yeah. That's compelling. They would have called him Pollyanna. Yeah, exactly. Yet he's survived and thrived and changed lives. And inspired millions of people because of a choice that he made. Yeah. That's passion right there, isn't it? Exactly. Paul, let's, uh, we're talking with Dr. Paul Jenkins, um, who has his own uh, podcast called liveonpurposeradio.com. You can go look that up, liveonpurposeradio.com. And uh, we're going to take a break. We're talking about purpose, how to truly find your purpose. We've got to know the principles that govern our lives. We've got to understand, too, that there are certain paradigms that have to govern how we think about life. 
We're going to come back with more tools and ideas to get a leg up on a little uh, bit better passion and purpose in our lives with Dr. Paul Jenkins. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. How about a battery that recharges in 90 seconds and lasts a decade? This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Recent innovations in battery technology show promise of transforming many of today's electric devices. The system couples a traditional chemical battery with something called an ultracapacitor. Capacitors are like batteries, but instead of converting energy by chemical means, a very inefficient process, Capacitors store power as an electrostatic charge, the same charge you get shuffling your feet across the carpet and touching a doorknob. Recent improvements have led to ultracapacitors, which can store really useful amounts of energy for long periods of time without the charge leaking away. Detroit already puts them in hybrid cars to handle tasks that need bursts of high energy stored for long periods. The latest tiny version of the ultracapacitor battery hybrid is being targeted for use in medical devices like small LED flashlights. The unit recharges in 90 seconds, claims to hold a charge for 1,000 hours, and can repeat that cycle for 10 years or more. Ultracaps could become the go-to future energy storage for power tools, electric cars, domestic solar power systems, and more. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Freshen up your mornings with Marcus Smith and the BYU Radio Morning Show. Lifestyle, news, current events, science, technology, and just about anything else. You'll be feeling good all day long when you start your day with Marcus Smith and the Morning Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome to the good life. Oh. Welcome to the good life. The wait is over. Welcome to the good life. And after all the talk, all I gotta say is. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, listen to Kanye West and the Good Life. You know, if you're married, if you're marrying a Kardashian. I don't know if I'd go with the good life. It seems like a really hard life at times. Uh, Anyway, we are talking to Dr. Paul Jenkins. Before we bring him back on microphone, I want him to listen to our own Bryce Tobin. Now, he doesn't know Bryce, but Bryce is one of our producers, top-notch guy. I met Bryce. Oh, you met him out there. That's right. Bryce uh, tends to do little rants on our show. He tends to kind of go (laughs) off a little bit. Okay. So uh, here's Bryce. Now, Bryce doesn't know what to do with his life, okay, Dr. Paul? But here's a look into some of his thoughts over the years. Uh Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. We've all got that idiot friend that keeps changing their career. 
One year, it's a marine biologist. The next year, they're the ever-ambiguous business major, which is college student for, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Then a few weeks later, they're part of a multi-level marketing program, which is totally not the same thing as a pyramid scheme because, like, the name's different and stuff. But who am I to point a finger? It's not like my story's particularly different. When I was four, I wanted to be a train engineer because I was really into trains and it seemed like the right thing to do. When I was five, I wanted to be a firefighter because who doesn't like them? When I was six, I wanted to be a scientist. And this held on till I was about 10. When I was eight, we moved to another state with really low educational standards. So I was an academic superstar for the two years that we lived there. Once we moved back to Texas, I was two years behind and I grew to suddenly dislike academia. After that, I focused on sports. But then puberty happened and sports no longer became a viable option. Around 12, I wanted to be a dentist, but then I found out everything the dentist had to do and that it wasn't really a get-rich-quick scheme, and then I wasn't interested. When I was 16, I was certain psychology was the thing for me after I took a course in psychology and I found it absolutely fascinating. I wanted to be a counseling therapist. This sort of held on until everyone kept commenting on my voice and told me to go into radio, but I thought, there's no money in radio... So I'll just go into general broadcasting and probably have something to do with TV. Then I started learning about the TV industry, and let's just say that after some investigation, I decided that wasn't the direction for me. After that, I was clueless again until I got back into school a few years later, and I took another psychology class. But then, that's when I really knew I wanted to be a counselor, because I just want to help people. But then I got talking to some professionals, and across the board, they told me all undergraduates say... I just want to help people. Anyone who exclusively goes into counseling therapy burns out in less than two years. And after a while, I realized that was definitely the future I was staring down. So most recently, I've been interested in organizational psychology. That's really just a fancy name for the guy who uses science to figure out where people should go and what they should do for a company. But now I don't know. Firefighters looking pretty good again. You work out, chill out, you don't work every day. Occasionally, you have to do something dangerous, but then again, when don't you? And you'll never get rich being a firefighter, but other than that, it does sound pretty good. And also axes. Those are cool, right? So I guess what I'm saying is, I may still be looking for a purpose, but there's this constant search for something to focus on. And you know what? I have a funny feeling that it's not a bad thing to be doing. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Well, that explains a lot, because uh, now Bryce wants to go to Mars. <laughs> so um, I think either this is only going to last a few weeks, or he may have found his final purpose. Do you hear a lot of people that are like Bryce mm. chasing the dream? There's, aren't we all? Yeah, really. Yeah. The problem that a lot of people run into is they give up on the dream. Yeah. They they come up with arguments like Bryce did in his rant about why oh that's not going to work. That's yeah, not good. It's There's be hard. no money in that. Yeah. That's going to be hard. So I I encountered a model that really was helpful. And and now we're getting back to the target. Yeah. Okay, so the third P is purpose. So if he has so if he has the principles, understand that principles are what govern, align your life to principles, have the paradigms that align to creating purpose in your life. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is purpose. Finding your purpose is that. And before we leave paradigm, yeah. I I mentioned that there's this whole victim mentality, a right. victim way of seeing the world. Standing opposite of that is an agent mentality. Yeah. And it's the exact opposite of the victim. So instead of blaming, you take responsibility for your life. Huge. Now, this sounds a little bit like blaming yourself, but that's not what we're talking about. I just uh, came back from a little road trip with my son. Oh, great. Where'd you go? Uh, To Las Vegas. Well, that's a road trip. We can golf there still. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But I was reminded of this experience I had years ago. I was going to see a client who lives in St. George, Utah, Uh in southern Utah, and I was going down to see him. 
And uh, you know how when you're driving, sometimes you get a little lost in your thoughts. Oh, I love that. And you go right by your exit. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I did this. Did you go 900 miles by your exit? Oh, <laughs> I that heard that news story. story. Yeah. It wasn't quite that bad, but I knew I was in the wrong place when I saw this big, colorful sign. It said, <laughs> Arizona welcomes you. Oh, yeah. You would pass. You would <laughs> oh, miss the mark. Man. Arizona? Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't where I wanted to be. How did I get to Arizona? That's not what I had planned, not what I had in mind. Yeah. And how often does that show up? Totally. In life. If you're looking for the signs. This isn't where I wanted to be. Right. Not what I had in mind, not what I'd planned. Well, look down whose hands are on the wheel. Yeah. That bites a little, doesn't it? Totally. <laughs> now, see, that, that, that's not being, that's not like you're you're the cause of all your problems, except you are. Well, it's it's not blaming yourself. Yeah. It's realizing my hands are on the wheel, and as you swallow hard and realize I am where I am because I drove here. Yeah. Well, that's empowering. Yeah. Which means I can now go anywhere. Well, the bad news is also the good news. If your hands are on the wheel, what can you do next? Yeah. It's Steer, up to you. Drive it. So th- that is a real key because as we get into the discussion about purpose— Who's driving anyway? Right. Now, the model comes back to the target as we were talking about firing a gun earlier. And where's that bullet going to go? Let's aim for the center of the target. So this model comes from Dan Sullivan, the strategic coach. Yeah. And go, go look him up online. He's got some amazing stuff. But this model is attributed to Dan. The center of the target is your sweet spot. And everyone, I believe this strongly, everyone has a divinely appointed, God-given purpose to their life. So you've got strengths and abilities and talents and desires and interests that are unique. Right. Unique to you that if you don't offer, we all miss. Yeah. And dreams. Yeah. That's what those dreams are for. And you also have weaknesses and disabilities and flaws and foibles, don't you? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I mean, most other people anyway. No, everybody does. <laughs> my, I, my wife says, I totally do. And these things all come together in a unique package yep. known as you. Yeah. But I'm fat, Dr. Paul. Okay. Or I'm tired. Or <laughs> my parents did this. See, then we go back yeah. to our weaknesses and we only define ourselves as where we're weak. That's You're why we talked as, about paradigm. where we're strong. What are you going to focus on? Yeah. What you focus on, you feel. Everybody gets... To have both yeah. strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Is this true? Totally. And you pick your poison. And you choose which yeah. one you're going to focus on. It's kind of like, I was talking to my daughter about this the other day. It's kind of like having a handful of coins. And some of them are rusty and dingy and, and grimy. And some of them are brilliant and shiny and beautiful. Are you going to spend all your time trying to polish the dingy ones? Right now. Or just go after those brilliant gems that are in there? And they're still valuable. So that's... That's what we're talking about, Love it. okay? Yeah. This whole package. So when you hit the center, and you you asked, how can you tell when you're on target? Right. And Dan Sullivan put it this way. He says there are four criteria. Number one, you have a passion for this. It lights you up. Yeah, it should be exciting. Yeah. It draws you out of bed. Yeah. You, you can't wait to get to it. Now, if you're not thinking that about your current job, that's probably not it. Right. And it doesn't mean you quit. You just start, great, let's go find my passion. Let's, let's, let's see if we can this. hone in on yeah. what's the center of my target. So that's first, passion. Okay. Second, you have exceptional skill. Exceptional skill. So you might have a passion for singing, 
but that's not your unique mission in life. So some might say, hey, well, you've really watched American gift. Idol. It's like a gift, yeah. This is something that maybe – so exceptional skill, I guess, means it comes easier to you. It comes naturally yeah, to you. Yeah, you get it. In fact, that's one of the things that veils it from you because it comes so naturally to you, you don't understand how valuable this is to other people. Yeah, interesting. You're like, what's yeah. the big deal? Everybody okay. does this. And they don't. Yeah. It's, it's unique to you because of your package of abilities and skills. Mm. Okay. So you have passion. You have exceptional, uh, exceptional skill. skills around it. Third is that, no, wait, I, I forgot uh, the order of these. Okay, so you you have passion for it. You have exceptional skill. The third thing is that it adds energy to your life. So it's additive. It's not just a drain. Exactly. You, there's tons of things we engage in that kind yeah. of drain us. This isn't that way. It That's adds great. energy to your life. I go home from my office feeling more pumped up than I did when I left for it. Well, and that's interesting because, so Bryce's example earlier was that he would be drained by counseling, Mm -hmm. which might be telling him it's not the sweet spot. Some people would be. Yeah. And, but for you, you actually go home energized. fires me up. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I love it. I do too. Or doing the radio. Yeah. It's interesting though. And then you can just see if that's all you're doing, Mm -hmm. that might wear you out, especially when you like doing radio too and you like speaking and you like other things. So here's the, here's the fourth one. The fourth criterion is that you seek constant improvement. Yeah. You're always looking for ways to expand and develop it. And that way you don't burn out. This is where you actually contribute to the game. I was watching the jazz game last night and, uh, don't tell sky boy. He doesn't like the jazz. LeBron James. Yeah. Was playing. I don't mind the Jazz. You just love the Spurs. I just love the Spurs. You I don't. I don't the like the Heat. So I'm glad that the Jazz beat the Heat last night. Oh, did the Jazz beat the Heat? Which they was did. really cool. That is really cool. And they I wish I could have gone. Too. But the announcer said something about LeBron James being a special kind of a player. Yeah. And this is true of some. You think of Michael Jordan. You think oh, of some of these guys totally. who actually changed the game. They contribute in ways that totally changes the game forever. Yeah. And that's because this is in their sweet spot. He's in the sweet spot. Exactly. So the sweet spot, again, consists of things that you're passionate about. You have exceptional skill around. It adds energy to your life. And it's something you seek to constantly improve. Constant improvement. Exactly. That's, I mean, and by the way, so as they're out there listening, anything in your life that you would do that with. So if, if if this is something, even just keeping your house clean and tidy and neat and interesting and mm-hmm. well painted and cared for this could be your pa- this could be the sweet spot absolutely it it can be anything and don't argue yourself out of it by saying but there's no money yeah, in that that's right how could i ever get a job doing that yeah that it, or it's illegal Oh, that would be different. <laughs> it's still got to be principled, right? Because <laughs> if it's illegal, but you're passionate about it. Matt, this is why we talked about principle oh, first. That's right. Second paradigm, third you're here. purpose. Purpose. Right. So we're building this target. That's at the center. That's the center. And part of the center then would be you want this criteria. So there, there's people out there right now thinking, hey, those are my I – I kind of now know what mine is. Mm-hmm. You, I know what my purpose might be. Let's take a break. We're going to come okay. back with Dr. Paul Jenkins – And he's going to give us more. He's going to teach us then what. Okay, so now we know kind of our principles, our paradigms, our purpose. Then what do we do with it? We're trying today to give you the tools to live on purpose. Get your life back and start, uh, first of all, knowing what your purpose is and then living intentionally that uh, purpose in life. We'll take a break right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 
KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. Have you ever wanted to travel the world? Now you can experience the vibrant cultures and customs of countries across the globe and cities across America through the eyes and ears of folk artist Eric Dowdle. Tune in to Traveling with Eric Dowdle and travel the world weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. President Barack Obama will announce his final proposals to reduce gun violence tomorrow, which could include 19 executive orders recommended by, by Vice President Joe Biden's task force that the president received earlier today. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has signed into law the nation's first significant gun control measures since the Newtown, Connecticut shooting. It includes an expansion of assault weapon bans, bans on some high-capacity magazines, and will help keep firearms out of the hands of the mentally ill. The widow of a victim of the Aurora, Colorado theater shooting is suing suspect James Holmes's former psychiatrist on the grounds that he should have had Holmes placed in a mental health facility to protect the public from the rampage Holmes is accused of. As the nation continues to struggle with gun violence measures, a gunman in Saint, at a St. Louis University attacked a faculty member early this morning before turning his firearm on himself. Former Tour de France cyclist Lance Armstrong reportedly admitted to using performance-enhancing drugs during his decorated career in an interview last night with Oprah Winfrey. Armstrong agreed to the interview after a tense hearing with the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. In world news, explosions rocked Aleppo University in Syria today, killing over 80 as the civil war continues to take more lives. Both rebel and government forces are blaming each other for the attack. A woman stole a commuter train in Stockholm early this morning, driving it into a suburban area at high speed. The train derailed and crashed into an apartment building. Luckily, no one was seriously injured. France has signed on for a long campaign against the Al-Qaeda-linked rebels in Mali who are holding their positions despite five days of airstrike attacks. French officials say they will stick to the fight until order is restored. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show and uh, a little living on a prayer. You know. Living on purpose, living on a prayer. Living on a prayer. You know what? If you if you had a prayer in your heart and then went after your purpose, that's probably the way to go. Uh, I love what you're saying, Dr. Paul. We're joined by um, Dr. Paul Jenkins, who's a positive psychologist, Ph.D., uh, got that Ph.D. from BYU um, in 1995, but then has his own practice in psychology called positive psychology called live on purpose he has a podcast you can look up called live on purpose radio.com and he puts something out at least monthly he's he's given some tools and some ideas there mm-hmm. um but uh dr paul uh you've been kind of teaching us that living on purpose is like having a a bullseye a, a, mm-hmm. a and what do you a bullseye and yeah. at some point we gotta hone in we gotta have a plan we got to understand we're the one firing whatever mechanism we're firing to hit the bullseye. We got to know what our direction is. We got to have our purpose. 
And then what? What's the fourth P? The fourth P is passion. Oh, passion. And I that's, think I missed that. I got that. Oh, that was it. That I is, thought that was purpose. That is also one of the four criteria by which you can know that you're hitting your target. That's right. Okay, that's, that's how you know you're in the vein before. is when you exactly. feel this passion. But you also said exceptional yeah. skill, yeah, adding to energy in your life. One way you know you're doing your purpose and your passion is you should have energy. It adds energy yeah. to your life. It fires you up. What if you're just bad at you know, managing your talent? So what if you've got a great talent, but you've mm-hmm. just got a bad – you're just not – you don't manage it well. Here's the thing. You're not good at everything. Yeah. When you look at a target, the center of that target is the smallest part of the target. Yeah, the hard part. Right. That's why you get the most points <laughs> for hitting right. that. You yeah. know, if you're playing darts or if you're shooting. So let's move out to the next ring. All right. So you got your center, and that's where those four criteria come in, that you have passion for it, you have exceptional skill. Yeah. You've, it adds energy to your life, and you seek constant improvement. Now the next ring out from that is your area of excellence. Yeah. This is stuff you're really good at, but you might not have the same passion for it. Hmm. It may not light you up or add energy the way your unique yeah. mission does. But it's so easy for you to do, you do it. Yeah, and you can probably make a lot of money doing that. Yeah. A lot of people choose careers that are in their area of excellence. And so that's not a bad place to Mm-mm. be. For me personally, my area of excellence includes child custody evaluations for the court. Yeah. I don't do them anymore. But I'm really good at them. Well, but I guess then you just uh, – this is where you just get rid of – I mean I guess the more you know yourself and you can hone into the right. center of what's important to you, you're willing to let go of these other things that might make you more money or – Exactly. But you've also – you're also kind of a master of your world because you're so much more focused and, on what you do do well. Yeah, and you're replacing some of the time that you're spending in these outer rings of the target with things that are at your core. Hmm. So it's a, it's a process of identifying what's closer to the center of my target and can I spend more of my time doing that. That's, I guess, what helps you say no, doesn't it? Is by knowing all of this, challenge. now you can say no. Because we're all out there saying mm-hmm. yes because we don't know what our yeses or our nos are. Okay, so, so we got to say yeah. Let's move out one more ring. Yeah. Now picture this target because every ring is getting bigger and bigger. Okay. That's so the next good. ring is your area of competence. Okay, yeah. Stuff you can do. Yeah. You don't love it. Maybe you don't you're, thrive you're not at it. You're particularly good at it. It takes you more time than an expert yeah. to do this. So my area of competence includes roofing. Really? Yeah, guess how I know. Yeah, you've had to roof something, have <laughs> I replaced you? my roof. Did you? And I'm not good at it. Yeah, let's it not took do a that long again. time. I learned stuff, and yeah. maybe there's some value in doing that. But this is, this is where a lot of people get trapped. Mm-hmm. And they they end up spending all of their time doing stuff that they can do. But maybe shouldn't be doing. Well, then there's not time left over to do what you're uniquely qualified and designed to do. That's interesting. So the, this whole area of competence. Now let's move out one more ring. Yeah. This is the biggest one of all. Incompetence. <laughs> this Think is you're the stuff you stink at. at. Yeah. You're, you have no business doing this. If you hang out in this ring, you're making it worse. That's yeah. You're aggravating your yeah, situation. brain surgery, right? Let's okay, not do that. Don't do this, people. Yeah. Unless you're a qualified brain surgeon, you're going to make it worse, right? What or would me make cutting somebody my daughter's do hair. something they just shouldn't? 
they're just incompetent at. I guess the belief that they have to. Okay, we'll go back to paradigm. Yeah. What's your choice? Yeah. Now, two things happen as you get closer to the center of the target, and I'm talking in your activities and the way you spend your time or in the way you spend your thoughts. Hmm. What do you focus on? Because how many people are focused on everything I can't do? Right. Everything I don't have. Yeah. You know, living in that world of scarcity, that victim mindset that we talked about. Okay, that's that outer ring. That's you can amazing. spend time there if you want. Oh, yeah. But you're making it worse. Well, and you're occupying your energy, your resources, your time, your focus. Right. You're just spending it your... It consumes. Yeah. Whereas the center of the target produces. But it's so small. Yeah. But it's so focused that when you're there, it's all leveraged. Well, the closer you get to the center, two things start to happen. Okay, number one, you love your life. Yeah. And that's the passion. That's the fourth P. Okay, you love your life. It lights you up. And the second thing, you become wealthy. Yeah, the wealth is kind of the natural byproduct of being so good at something you do. Well, and I already said that, because if you love your life, you're wealthy. Yeah. What else is there? Right. But there is an economic exchange, because you're creating more value for more people doing what you are uniquely designed to do. That's interesting. And there's an exchange for that. Are there some, though, um, are there some passions and some areas where the exchange may not, your wealth may not be a financial exchange in the end, but peace Financial is a secondary form of wealth. Yeah. I mean, there's so many other forms. What do you do with money anyway? You go trade it for something you really want. Yeah. Yeah. What if you could just have peace, love. Relationships. Relationships, prosperity, joy, happiness. Yeah. Health. I mean. Yeah. Would you care if you had money, if you had all those things? Yeah, no. We'd be good. People get deceived into thinking, well, the money's going to buy me that. Right. Money's a very effective tool to bring things into your life. But it's horrendous if you haven't done all this other work. If you well, had somebody the money, yeah, then they're not. It's just going to magnify a You mess. know, I, I heard a Bill Cosby routine. He was interviewing someone who was using drugs, okay? <laughs> or, this was the routine. Yeah. He was acting it yeah. out, obviously. Why do you use that? And the guy says, oh, because it magnifies my personality. He says, yeah, but what if you're an idiot? <laughs> we don't need that magnified. Please. And money's going to do the same thing, right? Right, exactly. It magnifies and empowers. That's, um, that's, that's the key, though, isn't it? Is that in, in the end result, what brings the value to life is having magnified you. Mm-hmm. Your gifts, your talents, the divine spark, as Emerson used to call it, that each of us carries. Yeah. You magnify that, you're going to magnify your life and the people around you. Think of all the people who inspire you. Oh, yeah. Isn't that what they're doing? Totally. And they're not into them. Right. And, and they aren't. They can go on and keep going and keep going and keep going. I mm-hmm. mean, it's interesting. We What we think life is about, uh, because I guess we haven't learned the principles and we maybe haven't focused on the paradigms, we, we're, sometimes we're so off target. Like we think exactly. going to Mars will make us happier. <laughs> what kind of a boneheaded I idea know. is that? Now, it would be a great idea if, it, if you got the principles, pra- paradigms, and purpose right. <laughs> and you're passionate about leaving everybody on Earth. Right. But you'll still, I mean, you just end up there and have to fight with four people instead of 50. <laughs> That's a lot harder. <laughs> so, Dr. Paul, this is, uh, this is quite a journey that we have to make here, though, isn't it? 
It's, it's an amazing adventure. I love what Helen Keller said about that. She says, life is either a grand adventure or it is nothing. Oh. And what a game. What an adventure. Yeah. What if we looked at it that way? There's the, paradigm again. It, it goes right back to paradigm. You're absolutely right. See, uh, and who better? Helen Keller? I mean, what, what, yeah. what other choice options does she have? It's either mm-hmm. a big waste, mm-hmm. and she's just messed up and a big waste, or mm-hmm. there's some divine purpose here, or some, what you call it? A grand adventure. Yeah, some grand adventure mm-hmm. toward that deeper self, that deeper yes. Yeah, well, you mentioned Viktor Frankl, too, another great example. Yeah. How are you going to look at your life? And do you choose to focus on what's bad? Do you choose to focus on what's good? This sounds so simple, and it is simple. It's Pollyanna. It's Pollyanna. (laughs) It's not easy. Easy and simple aren't the same thing. But it is simple in that it's just that. And it is a choice, too. The the thing is, the the great deception, I think, of the victim paradigm, that victim way of seeing the world, is that you don't have a choice. Right. There is no choice. What a, and there's the beginning of waste. Mm-hmm. The minute you assume you have no choice or say or power in your own life, you're right. Then purpose disappears. Yeah. That Pur- is the great deception, isn't it? It is. And what do you, I mean, what do you do, Dr. P, when we're sitting there and people around us are big into the martyr, the victim mentality? They're big into it. Like they are owned. Their paradigm is owned by that. What am I supposed to do when they're lack of principles, paradigms, purpose, passion is starting to encroach in my life. You know what? I tell my clients all the time, after we have these discussions, they're going to notice two things. And first, you're going to notice that you yourself do victim thinking. Oh, yeah. Every human. Yeah. I think it's part part of of being human, right? Absolutely. And it's not a question of, am I a victim? It's where and how. How do I play that Am I a victim? Where does that show up for me? And the second thing you're going to notice is other people around you doing victim thinking. Yeah. but it's, it Don't was, point it out to them. No, help me with this, because I think this is really a core. When you're in the victim thinking mentality, you, you end up, there's signs you're in it. Oh, yeah. There's certain feelings you manifest. Uh, but what do you see? So what would you say to somebody that are signs to look for that when you see those, you're probably in the victim mentality? Simple. We can summarize that with one word captivity. You feel stuck. Stuck is the most common way people describe that, but it could range from stuck to incarcerated. Yeah. Yeah. I well, yeah, say, to kidnap, to having somebody oppress. I mean, it can go this whole realm, can it? It absolutely does. Yeah. Captivity. You, you know that you're more focused on that agent paradigm when you create liberty. Freedom. Freedom. New possibilities. Mm-hmm. Another good example, the the victim mentality is I can't. Yeah, I have to. I, I can't, I can't, can't, can't. What happens to your mind when you say I can't? Yeah, okay, it, validate it. it. It's yep. like a big old switch. You just shut her down. Yeah, there's another it, example. Yeah, There's nowhere to go hmm. after I can't. What if instead you were to say I can, and even if you don't know how, so you're going to ask that question, how can I? What I will that. it take? See, that turns the the mind on. Yeah, and, and the mind can find a way. So that creates possibilities. That's liberty. Yeah. I can't creates stuckness. That's captivity. So I just sum it up with those two words, captivity and liberty. I love that. And really, we all are 
captive at times, and the, uh, the oh, sign yeah. of captivity would be hopeless and hopeless. You lose the joy. Yeah, there's no peace. This, mm-hmm. this this world's horrible. I have to do a bunch of stuff. I've got no other choice. Mm-hmm. Or liberty, which is when you start to open up. It's powerful when that's really what empowerment is. Is mm-hmm. when you turn that power back on, and the power's back within you. And seeing your own hands on the wheel. Oh yeah. Another great example. Do we have time for another example? Yeah, we example got one more. Yeah. Why me? Yeah, that's huge. What you've heard of the whiners? Yeah, oh, the, I haven't heard it put that way. The but yeah. why babies? Yeah, why yeah. did this have to happen to me? Okay, why me? Why this? Why now? Why us? Yeah. Okay. What's the opposite of that? Why not? I guess why yeah. not happen to me? Why, why this shouldn't is, this happen? This to is me? crazy talk, man. Who says that? You know why yeah. not me? Yeah. Why not me? Or what can I do with it now? Now it's here. The train's arrived. What do I do? Exactly. Do I just deal? Yeah. That's power. But see, that's what we respect in others. Mm-hmm. And I guess I guess when those moments come, if you have and understand your the principles, that that's what governs. When you have the paradigm that you're an agent, um, when you have a purpose that really energizes you, you're passionate about, that's easy for you, that, that produces results for you, mm-hmm. um, man... That's how you get out of the why nots or the why me's. The, the why, why me. The way out of the why me is those four P's. Mm-hmm. This applies on the positive end and on the negative end. So something difficult, painful, discouraging happens to you and mm-hmm. you can say, why me, why me, why me? Or you can say, why not me? Am I not just as qualified as anybody to have this particular challenge? Right. Do this for that me. It feels different. Because the world, we, we all took a hit with Sandy Hook Elementary in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, what could be worse than why? Like, why? Mm-hmm. How would you run your, those four Ps in there? Mm-hmm. You know, things like that are so powerfully compelling. I, I like to think of it this way. And it goes back to paradigm again. How are we going to look at this? When, you, when you're in a bright, brightly lit room and you open up a dark closet... What happens? The lo- the darkness rushes out and fills up the room. Right. Right? Yeah, you need a light, though, don't you? <laughs> the brightly lit room displaces yeah, exactly. all the darkness in the closet. Yeah. It always goes that direction. Yeah, it doesn't come the other way. That was a dark day in Connecticut. And I have seen, personally, dozens of examples of light that happened and were made more obvious and compelling because of the darkness that was present. The contrast. Yeah, and some of those are very personal. I have uh, I have some little grandnephews who went to church with a couple of those oh, little kids. Oh, no, really? And so there were some stories that came through the family, and I saw some through the local media. Yeah. That uh, there was a mortician, for example, who offered his services for free. Yeah. Is that a glimmer of light? That's light. And we can see that more clearly because of the darkness. So what are we going to do? Focus on the darkness? We're going to start lighting up some candles? That's it. Yeah, you have to get the light out. So the darker it seems, the more potential there is now to illuminate light. Huge. And that's all about paradigm. And when, yeah, you're an agent. Go, be, go light it up. When the paradigm is clear, then you are prepared. You are in a position to take on purpose. Huge. And then the peace. Mm-hmm. And the peace comes. Um, 
Good stuff, exactly. Dr. Paul Jenkins. Appreciate you, man. We're going to have to have you back to pick your brain some more. I'd love to come back. Would that be part of your fun. purpose? Absolutely. Excellent. <laughs> now, Dr. Paul, they can reach you by going to look up your podcast, liveonpurposeradio.com, right? Liveonpurposeradio.com. I have an, a website for my practice also called drpauljenkins.com, yeah. spelled with a DR. There's uh Really, you're just you're a great resource. So we appreciate being on the show. Well, thank you. We're going to have you back. We need your help. We all do. We're going to take a break. Appreciate Dr. Paul Jenkins being with us. As we come back, we're going to wrap up the show and uh, see if we can't um, put a smile on your face right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. sustainability base here where space technology is being used to make office buildings comfortable and super efficient this is innovation now bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future in july 1969 neil armstrong took one small step for man one giant leap for mankind on the moon over 40 years later nasa has taken the next giant leap by bringing space technology to earth in the form of an office building At NASA Ames Research Center in California, sustainability base will consume 90% less drinkable water than a comparably sized conventional office building. A water recycling system redesigned from the International Space Station allows water from sinks and showers to be reused to flush toilets. An intelligent adaptive control system will constantly monitor and operate the lighting, the windows, and indeed the entire space age office building. Solar panels, a small wind turbine, and a fuel cell will generate even more energy than the building will use, and geothermal wells around the building will provide heating and cooling. Like a lunar outpost, Sustainability Base is designed to fit its unique environment and to be self-sufficient. Sustainability Base, one small step for architectural design, one giant leap toward the future of office buildings. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. First I was afraid, I was petrified, kept thinking I could ever live without you by my side. But then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong, and I grew strong, and I learned how to get along, and so you're back from out of space. I just walked in Welcome back. The Matt Townsend Show. Oh, this brings back roller skating when I was eight years old. Roller skating at the rink. I highly doubt you were coordinated enough. Oh, man, you should have seen me. I busted so many moves at that rink. My little (laughs) skates were just smoking. Anyway, (laughs) brings back some good memories. We're going to wrap up the show today uh, sharing an example of somebody we believe has lived on purpose. And we're not going to tell you who he is. Rob's done a little uh, bio on the man, and he's going to tell us what living on purpose looks like. And you might be familiar with this kind of story because you hear of these all the time, especially yeah. if you're describing somebody. They, You grew up in a small town. It's the kind of town where mama makes you a homemade sweater for Christmas every year, you know, kind of a Lake Wobegon type town. But anyway, this kid grew up in a small town, I think, in uh, Pennsylvania. He's shy, very shy, all the way through high school. Um, one day, the head of the basketball team got sick, though. And the teacher said, uh, well, he's going to be out for several weeks. Why don't you take his assignment to him? So he did. And 
they kind of he he realized this jock guy had some substance and in turn this nerd kid had some substance. Then they became friends. And later when the head of the basketball team came back, he goes, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's OK. And people started to like him and it gave him the confidence to go on. He was on the yearbook staff. He wrote in the school newspaper. He was on the student council. Anyway, he went off to college, wanted to be a diplomat. And then he decided, no, I'm going to do music instead. Switched to a small school. Went, you know, he left Dartmouth and went to some small school in Florida. Um, but when he graduated, no job. He goes, well, well, I gotta gotta find some work. He thought, I'm I'm gonna join the seminary. That's a that's a good established career. But he got hijacked along the way too. He's like, wow. He, he took this vacation home, and he found there was this new technology that had come out, and it got him excited so much. So he decided. I think I could use this. I really don't think that the current companies who are working in this technology are taking advantage of it fully. So he went to go work for this uh, large company that had kind of pioneered the industry. They'd been around for 10 years, 20 years, and and just took this really bottom entry-level job and worked there for quite a while. But uh, you know how people are when they work in technology. They get that itch. They want to go work for a little startup. And yeah. so, he, so he left. And everybody said, well, what? why are you leaving? You have so much promise in this company. He goes to this little startup. They don't know what they're doing. It's rinky-dink. Uh, they're, they're flying by the seat of their pants trying to make things work. But it got him in an environment where he had to have huge creativity because they'd overextend themselves. They'd get too ambitious. They'd have to scale things back. And as time went on, he really started to grow this medium in some areas that had never been done before in this new, this new technology. So then he took his ideas that he learned at that startup and he went over to a company in Canada and grew it there and really got ahead and then re-impressed the company he worked for. And he came back to the United States and he stayed there for 30 years. Hmm. Do you know what that technology was? No. It was television. Hmm. And this man was Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers. I was raised by Mr. Rogers. That guy, look at the journey he was on. He wanted to be a, a pastor. What else? Uh, at uh, one point, he wanted to be a diplomat. Yeah, at one that's point, right. he was too shy to do anything. But he went home on that one trip where he discovered this new technology TV. television. And he says he saw people throwing pies in each other's face. And he goes, they're really underutilizing this thing. We could do something. That's with this. huge, Mister Rogers. Eight hundred and ninety-five episodes before he retired. I love mentioned. that guy, and uh, he's been gone now. I think it'll be next month. You'll start seeing things in the news about him well, having think, been gone ten years now. How many people have? I mean, he related to these little latchkey kids that would go home. He related to everybody, but he—I mean—he used the puppets, which is kind of weird as an adult. But um, it's the thing about him is that's I guess there's a guy right there that understood the principles as Dr. Paul taught us, understood had the right paradigm. His paradigm was one of serving. Every one of those apparently was to reach out. It it changed his life forever when he went to go help out the uh, head of the basketball team, and the head of the basketball team came back and said, "Oh, Fred, yeah, he's okay." He's cool. Isn't that interesting? And he realized then that, that that his mantra in the show of I love you just the way you are came yeah. from that experience. Isn't and, and luckily there was some guy that reached out to him and made that offering, which then inspires a Fred Rogers to go make his offering. 
Um, one of my favorite quotes by Fred Rogers, I wrote this down right after I um, had read a book of his, but um, it says, love isn't a state of perfect caring. It is an active noun like struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way he or she is right here and now. Fred Rogers is a man of purpose, living on his purpose, having a purpose and uh, doing it intentionally. Um, again, not it's not about perfection, is it? It's about sticking to it and digging deep enough to find out what your gift is, your talent. As Dr. Paul taught us, figure out your passion, your exceptional skills. Does it add energy and seek constant improvement, which I think he did till the day he died? One thing I can chime in there, too. You know his collection of sweaters? Yeah. Did you know every single one of those sweaters was one of the sweaters his mom had made in those Christmases as a child? Unbelievable. That's cool. That brings back a really good feeling. I think most importantly, maybe about passion and purpose and living on purpose is this idea that uh, you're, you're going to give back something special. There's something Fred Rogers gave. There's something that the friend that made him seem like he's acceptable and good enough and uh, that little piece, that joy that we feel when we serve each other, to me, is what really I believe we're supposed to be offering. That is why we need people living on purpose. What would happen to this world if each of us we dug deep, found that divine spark inside each of us, and offered it to the world and made the world a better place because of it? That's the goal of this show. We hope you felt it today. Keep strong. Stay with us. We'll be back tomorrow with more tools to give you a leg up here in life. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.